listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello. I did my Oh Baby WTF workshop last week. And I'm about to take some leave uh, from the podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm on maternity leave now. Um, but I've decided to take off a few weeks just so that I'm not recording over the festive season. It's a bit of a tricky time of year. There's just so much going on and I don't think I'm going to have enough time. So I'm going to take a few weeks off and I'll be back in the new year. But I thought that I would use this last episode of this year to just talk about something that is a big theme and one that I want to address in detail next year. Um, and that is last, the last episode was all about doula support. And I think that's the key there was about understanding how as birthing people, we need uh, a lot of support that the whole process of labor and birth is a massive undertaking and requires more than just one person on their own doing it, you know, that, it, that we, we are incredibly powerful to be able to make life. I mean, to be able to bring forth life, but just because we're powerful, just because our bodies are designed to do it, just because this is the natural way, doesn't mean that it, it has to be done on our own with no help. And I think this is a really big topic, which is this understanding of help. If you remember back to our conversation, the conversation I had with Dr. Jess Stanbridge, I, one of the most poignant moments for me with her was when I asked her what made her feel the most empowered as a new mom. And she said that actually getting support and asking for help was for her an incredibly empowering process. And I just absolutely love that. I love the fact that she has equated help and support with, with power. And I think there's something so meaningful there, something that women, I don't know if we get it yet. I don't know. I don't know if culturally we get it yet because there's something about um, the power of female support, the power of women coming together and aiding each other and connecting with each other and making things better and easier for each other by supporting one another. And that that is actually our superpower. It doesn't mean we are, are less than. It doesn't mean that we are weak or needy or that we are incapable if we ask for help. It's actually the place where the power and the strength and the, the, the incredible ability and competency stems from this place of support of of care of 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 having others care for us and allowing in that kind of help and support so this is something i've been thinking about for a long time and um you know since i did that research and then also understanding how birth is also just one day in one's life or you know maximum two days and then you have a baby and you come home with this baby and everything that you prepared for over your pregnancy was probably more to do with your birth than anything else. And even if you were, you know, prepared for getting support and help and you got the doula and you 
thought about who your care providers would be very carefully and you chose people that you felt would support you and care for you, a lot of people don't necessarily put that same energy and effort into getting support postpartum. And so when I spoke to um, mothers, um, when I was postpartum, I would hear a lot of people say, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. No one told me. I felt very alone in the experience. Um, I felt like I was going crazy. It's, you know, why is it so hard? Why, why don't we talk about it more? Why don't we have support structures in place? And that was very much a, about what Oh Baby WTF got why I even thought about it in the first place. And so when I did the workshop a week or two ago, when was it? It was on the 10th of December. So yeah, just over a week ago. Um, there were a few like themes that came out of that that made me realize that at the end of the day, what we say to people and how we advise them, you know, that you should do X or do Y matters far less, in my opinion, than the fact that you are there with that person, that you're looking them in the eyes, that you're showing them that their experience matters, that you're connecting with the fear, that you're saying, yeah, it is, that is scary, or yeah, that is hard, and that you're there, just there, saying we're, we're in this together. So I'm pregnant the participants were pregnant and we were all sitting there sharing in the, in the, it's almost, it goes beyond like a feeling. It's almost like, um, sharing in the, in the sort of, this sounds quite woohoo, but like the, in this energetic exchange of like people who are in something together, but separately, right? In something that is shared, but individually experienced. I think that's really, really important. Like, I think there's something fundamentally human and important about being with people in an experience that is shared, but experienced individually, knowing that my experiences are going to be different from yours for a variety of reasons. But that being with you while I experience it, seeing you experiencing it or understanding my experiences of it, or just sharing in that experience that I'm having, like sitting there, witnessing it, showing up, being around for it matters. It really matters. It, it changes the experiences. Just like with doula support, having someone attending to you during your birth will have a, an impact on how you feel about your, about your labor and your birth and your baby. And that is because there is something incredibly destructive about feeling alone and alienated and isolated. So for me, the, the biggest theme that I can reflect on in this moment as I'm about two months away from having another baby, I'm thinking about all the other parents in the in the situation, possibly some for the first time, others first second, third time, is that we need to prioritize support more than anything. We need to know that when it comes to asking ourselves, what do we need? What is important here? What matters? 
that the first thing you can think about is who is supporting me? And when we spoke about it in Oh Baby, it's, it's, it's literally this golden thread that just comes through everything, which is this idea that we're learning something big, right? If you're a new, if you're a new parent, you're learning something for the very first time. It's not a simple process, not something like, it's not even like riding a bike. It's a very complex dance between you and another human being, a baby, a very, very inexperienced human being, an inexperienced and highly emotive human being. And, and that is challenging. And so we have to go into it knowing that it's going to be beautiful. It is a blessing. It is this magical journey and it's going to be challenging. And that because it's going to be challenging, because it's so new, because we're learning something that we haven't learned before, because it's a steep learning curve, because there's all sorts of stuff happening to us physiologically, hormonally, life, it's a life change. It changes our relationship to ourselves, to our partners, to our friends, to our family, to our work. Because of all that, we need to think about how are we going to get support for this process? Who's in our, who's on our team? Who's in our tribe? Who makes up our village? And because in this modern world, we are estranged essentially from the village. Some of us are estranged from our families. We have to put these things in place in a really sort of thought out and managed and practical way. And, and it looks different for every person, you know, but it's the, it's the most important thing to be thinking about. So even though you might still only be pregnant and you don't have a baby yet, I would suggest, first of all, that you try to do a baby WTF. I am going to be uploading a digital version soon. It's going to be on my website and I promise you I'll let you know when that's up. And when it is up, it's going to be available for download at your, at your um, convenience, you know, so you can listen to it, you can share it with your, um, you can watch it with your partner um, and you can keep it. So you can keep returning to it when you, when you need to. Um, and I think it's a good start. There's also a parenting program that I've got on there um, called Ready, Steady, Baby, which is a couple's coaching program. So that's specifically looking at how do you prepare your relationship for having a baby. So those two things are going to be up. But that's a good place to start, which is essentially just me helping you see where you might need support and offering you a toolkit for how to make use of your resources and knowing how to um, alleviate distress using the, the tools that you have at your disposal. Um, so that's the first thing I would suggest is to do those two courses, then also to come up with a postpartum plan. So um, it's, it's something that not many people think about. A lot of people think about birth plan. Um, and that may be anything from I'm going to have an elective cesarean and that's my birth plan to I'm going to try for a natural delivery. I've got a doula. I'm using a midwife. I'm going to do a home birth. I'm going to use the, the you know, a, a birthing pool or I want an epidural. I don't want an epidural. I want this intervention, but not that intervention, et cetera, et cetera. You can have a plan. Not every birth goes to plan. And I've already spoken about this in the previous episode. 
But not many people think about a postpartum plan. And for me, a postpartum plan is not necessarily the, the, it might not look like what we wish it to look like. Like I think what we wish it to look like is a plan that we can follow through exactly. Like a schedule, like a maybe, you know, an order of things. And I think wanting order and structure is a very human desire. And it's one that gets that, that comes from a place of anxiety around the chaos and unpredictability of life. And let me tell you, there is nothing that feels more chaotic and unpredictable than having a baby at times. So <laughs> I get it. We want to try and control and, and order it. And that's totally understandable. But what I mean by a postpartum plan is I mean like, I mean a contingency plan. I mean, if this was to happen, this is what I would do. When I feel X, I'm going to choose to do this with my body. Um, after I've established X, I'm going to use this person to help me manage X, Y, Z. You know, it's uh, looking at what you have, who you have, and what you need, what you still need to organize, what you still could do well with and figuring it out. So for example, a friend of mine lives overseas. She is about to have her first child. She's not with family. She doesn't have any family where she is. She has a few friends that she knows, but not all of them are parents. Um, and they live somewhat far away from her, not necessarily like in her neighborhood. And she, con she um, expressed to me that she's feeling anxious about idea of having a baby with such with such a small support system and we spoke about that and you know I think most importantly is is to validate her feelings to show her that I think her thinking is absolutely understandable and that her feelings about the situation are completely understandable that you know that I would be anxious as well if if um I was having a baby with, with, you know, away from my family and away from, from support. So that that is normal and understandable and she's right to feel that way. And then we spoke about what can she do? And we discussed the idea of her making as many social connections as possible to get herself the kind of support structure that is possible in her environment. And that includes things like for her, making contact with a um, birthing center or um, they have, what do they call it there? Um, like, a, like a, a, I can't, can't think of what the word is that they use, but like a clinic where, a well baby clinic, you know, where, where you would get your injections and inoculations and baby would get weighed and all that sort of thing. And, and because they often offer antenatal classes, breathing exercises classes, I think in, in America they call it like Lamar's class. <laughs> Or that maybe that's just on TV. I don't know. But the idea is just to try to connect with a neighborly antenatal service. So someone that's already thinking about your baby before you have the baby. Um, and potentially where they have, where they have groups of parents joining for in-person experiences before baby's born. And potentially they could start like a group online, like I know in, in South Africa, a lot of the antenatal classes, they join um, WhatsApp groups. And then those WhatsApp groups become like a, a community for those new parents when, they, when their babies arrive. 
And it's a space where you can ask advice or say, okay, this is what's happening with my baby. Is this normal? Has anyone else experienced this? And then you can also use it as a place to um, connect um, in person. You know, you can suggest to have meetups and other things like that. So that's really useful. I said there's, there must be also like organizations that offer new mom support groups. I mean, I can't imagine it's not the case, but I have no idea, but you should definitely look it up. So if anyone's seen the show Working Moms, it's a really funny show, but they have that like moms group that they join and they sit with their babies. And sometimes these groups are like around motor development, you know, or something that's that's more sort of separate from support. But what happens is support becomes a byproduct of those of those um, groups. So, yes, you're meeting to talk about motor development or to get your babies to be stimulated in certain ways. But actually, you're meeting other moms with babies similar ages to you. And eventually, that then develops into relationships that go beyond the group, which is really important. The other thing I suggested was that there are Facebook groups where, for example, there might be like an expat group for that particular area. And although probably most people use that expat group to ask about like secondhand baby goods, for example, or, you know, where to go to get the X done, or how do you get your your passport photos, or, you know, people ask those sort of questions on those groups. But it can also be a space where people can connect and, and do meetups. And I even suggested that she attempts to do that herself, you know, that she attempts to be the person that starts these groups. So what I'm saying is like, no matter what your situation is, like, oh, the first thing I also asked her, by the way, was whether she can afford childcare. Because if you don't have family support, if you can afford it, you have to pay for support. You have to pay for someone to come to your home and help you with the baby and just alleviate some of the tasks off your plate, right? And obviously, if you can't afford that, then you've got to try these other methods as well, getting out the house trying to establish these groups of, 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 as I said, sharing, where we share in the experience. You're going to hang, like, let me just give you a paint a picture for you. Your baby's a few weeks old. Everybody else's babies are like a few weeks, a few months. They're like varying ages. And you say, okay, let's meet at the park. We go to the park. You sit around. This one's baby's crying. That one's baby's got colic. This one's baby's got reflux. Some of them are really chilled and you're like, damn those bitches. <laughs> why, the, why are their babies not crying, you know? Um, but essentially, it's, it's not about them doing anything for you or taking the baby or holding the baby or helping you with the baby. But it's about sharing in the experience. Everybody's a mom there. Everybody's a parent. Everybody's experiencing something with their child. And, and you're you're not necessarily getting help with the tasks of looking after your child, but you are feeling less alone and you are feeling like you're sharing in this phenomenon that is early parenthood. And I think that's the key here. So I'm really, really, really putting this message out to you. If you haven't thought about it ahead of time, please think about it now. This is really what we all should be thinking about. And if you aren't a parent or you aren't having a baby, this is also something to think about that whether, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're ever having any mental health symptoms, the first port of call is always, who can I share this with? Always. Who can I talk to? Is there someone to talk to? Is there someone who will pick up the phone? And if there isn't someone that you know who would pick up the phone, which is actually almost impossible, like every single person I've ever worked with in my entire life, no matter how isolated and lonely they feel, they always have someone who they can phone. 
But if you feel like you don't, there's always emergency rooms to go to. There are always crisis lines, lifeline, um, SADAC has a line. You know, you can call professional services and I recommend you do. But essentially it all does the same thing, which is you are not alone. And that is what we need to feel. Have a beautiful festive season. I will catch you in the new year. Thanks for listening to the podcast thus far. I will come back to you with more content next year. And I'm excited for that. Have a great one. Bye.